Living the Writing Life podcast. My guest today is Susan Wingate, a number one Amazon best-selling, award-winning author of over 15 novels. Susan's latest book, How the Dear Moon Hungers, has won five book awards, including Best Fiction Author in the 2020 Saba Book Awards Judges Selection, Best Fiction in the 2020 Pacific Book Award, a Silver Award in the 2020 Moonbeam Children's Book Award, and July 2020 Book Cover of the Month. Susan writes across genres, often setting her stories in the Pacific Northwest where she and her husband Bob live, and her writing has been featured in the Virginia Quarterly, Suspense Magazine, and many others. In today's conversation, Susan and I will talk about the psychological balancing act of writing books about serious subjects during a time of personal tragedy and grief. Welcome to the podcast, Susan. Thank you for having me, Nancy. It's great to be here. Oh, I so appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. Um, I'd like to start with your most recent published book, How the Dear Moon Hungers. That came out in July 2020. And the book is a coming-of-age story about loss, grief, and the power of love. In the book, Mackenzie Fraser witnesses a drunk driver hit and kill her seven-year-old sister, and her mother blames her for what happened. So I'm curious, what inspired that story? Well, that is a great question. It was um, my husband and I, when my mom was living with us, she was in the throes of her final days, actually, um, and we were, I was her primary caregiver, but my husband helped a lot as well. And um, we had decided that we needed a break, and we went to take a walk out by the uh, water. We live on a, on a, um, I'm, I'm going to turn off my sound here for my <laughs> out, Outlook file. I'm sorry. Um, we live uh, on an island in the Pacific Northwest, and we um, have a stretch of road that goes along the Olympic Straits. So it's beautiful out there. It's just gorgeous. And um, it was an evening walk, which we typically never walked in the evening, and nor have we since. But um, we... Uh, we took a walk and and while we were walking away from the house we the you know the sun was getting close to setting and then when we turned around we didn't see of course the moon come up while we were walking away but when we when we turned around this big fat yellow moon was just hovering over a line of uh, evergreens. We have a lot of Douglas fir um, here on the island and cedar and that sort of thing. So it was hovering over this farmland that has this bank of uh, trees. And so it was just sitting right up there and you could see all of the the um, craters and all of the gray space on the uh, on the moon. But the, it was also this just vibrant yellow this particular day. And I am a big fan of the moon, and um, I've written poetry about the moon. I just love the moon. I'm, like, mesmerized whenever it comes out. So last night was incredible. But um, but when I was staring at it, I just got very calm and peaceful, and a, a story just flooded my head. And it was as though these two sisters went riding by in their bikes, on their bikes, 
and whizzed past us while we were walking down the road. And this whole story unfolded just because of that walk. That is just incredible. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we get an idea that, oh, I want to write a specific story. But other times, you're right, that the stories almost become visuals for us. You know, we we see things that aren't really happening, but it's so real that, you know, and then, you know, you have to write it. I mean, there's there's just no way not to. Um, You you mentioned about, you know, that you were also taking care of your mother. So, you know, at at the time now you're taking care of your mother, which had to be extremely difficult. And now you're going to try and and, you know, write a new story, which is obviously about a very serious subject. How were you able to handle writing a story that obviously had such emotional intensity when you were undergoing a situation of great stress? I mean, how how did you pull that off? Well, the timing, of course, was tricky. Um, She needed me every 15 minutes to 30 minutes. And so I would cram, you know, for the for a large part of it. That's how it was. Um, so I would cram in 15 minute to 30 minute bites of writing, yeah. and um, it was uh, it was something that was just uh, very important to me to write the story. Um, and you know, it was just such a compelling story. And look at these two girls that I couldn't not write it. Um, it wanted to be out. And I have a feeling that when we are undergoing extreme stress and trauma, um, and I think of Life of Pi when I, when I talk about this subject, because I think the subconscious really kicks in and gives us a break, if not snaps sometimes. Sometimes when it's just too much, we will see the, the, our, our, uh, our, our minds go awry and um but this you know i had been doing this for a year and a half and we had really gone through a terrible terrible time already with her in that she was having these psychological breaks and um and she needed uh antipsychotic medicine so from um i'd say august of 2015 to um, November of 2015 was the most difficult time with her because of the aggression and the schizophrenia that she was experiencing because of the Alzheimer's. Um, but my mom was also extremely sick. She had COPD, uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. And so she was very ill anyway. So she needed a lot of medicines. She got four doses a day of whatever. And there was like two to three different types of medicine she needed to take. Anyway, um, but again, back to how I could write something during such a difficult time. It really was a... Uh, a form of escape um, to do so. I, I had to write. Um, without writing, I don't think I would have made it through the uh, trouble and the and her sickness or her death, for that matter, as easily mm-hmm. as I did. And and it, believe me, it wasn't easy. But at least the writing did help. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just you know, first of all, just from a technical perspective to be able to stop and start and stop and start. Um, you know, 
I admire your ability to be able to do that because, you know, it, it's it's hard because you you know sooner get into into the story then it's like okay now i got to stop you know it's one thing if you're if you're writing something like a magazine article you know something a little more technical or factual or something where it's like okay i can handle the interruptions but when you're writing fiction you know you get into the story and and to be able to stop and then pick it up again you know um that that speaks pretty highly of your ability to be able to to disconnect without losing the connection, I guess it would be. Well, to that stop and start, really, we don't story doesn't come from our fingers or, or from touching our fingers onto the typewriter. It is all in our head. So it never leaves. It's just on pause or it's still going when you're doing the mundane things that we have to do throughout our day, such as vacuuming or cleaning a toilet or something like that. But um, but, you know, I'd gotten into a little bit of a routine with my mom by that time. Um, it was almost a year and a half later uh, that uh, that story started to come out. Um, so it you know, it it wasn't like it was going to let me go. It had me by the brain and I wasn't about to be, you know, I was tied to that story. So, um, so the stopping and starting is something that we experience anyway, given any day for whatever reason. I mean, a phone can ring and we'd have to pick up the phone, you know? So, um, no, it never left because it was so compelling for me, you know, as a, as a something of a, something I could create. Mm -hmm. So you were basically operating at any point in time, almost on two tracks. There's the, there's the non-writer track of dealing with whatever you had to deal with at home. And then the writing track, which kept going regardless of what else was happening. Right. Okay. Um, I think I read in um in, in one of the interviews that, that you had done um that the the book you're working on now, um does it have a title yet, by the way? It um, does, but I'm not revealing the title okay. quite yet. <laughs> that's okay, that's I'm right. calling it Story Sixteen. <laughs> Story Sixteen, okay. Um, from what I, from what I understand from your, your previous interviews, um, it, it's uh, about a woman whose husband has dementia. I'm sure there's more to it than that. And you had mentioned in that interview that your husband, um, also has been diagnosed with dementia. You know, as writers, it's natural for us to draw from events in our lives and, um, you know, our lives, the lives of people we know, the lives of strangers that we happen to to look at. But, you know, in, in this particular instance, um, do you ever worry that by writing a story about a, a character whose illness is similar to your husband's, you might be, I don't know, violating his privacy or something? It, it, does he know that you're writing a story about a character like this? Yes. In fact, I told him the whole outline and um, – but again, you know, he doesn't understand the fact that he has dementia. So, um, so, but he understands that I'm writing this story uh, about a man with dementia who goes missing. And so, um, 
what is hard, I think, about writing this story is that, um, and it, it has nothing to do with violating his, um, his privacy. Um, but what I find is that what I want to make clear to the reader and what is difficult in the editing and writing process is to give the information of what it takes to be a caregiver and, um, without info dumping on the, the uh, info dumping words out onto the page. Um, and again, to your question about his privacy, you know, um, many memoirists deal with the same question. Is this going to be something that somebody's going to be upset with? And they have to really grapple with that. Um, this has, is fiction. And although we did have an an incident where he did go missing, which was the most horrifying, frightening thing that I had experienced up to that point, my mom couldn't escape. And it wasn't like he was escaping. He had just gotten turned around and lost. And it was dark, so I had to call um, search and rescue. So it was very frightening and very sad. Um, But... uh, but this is, and it deals with that as well. Um, aspects, of course, of what had happened are in the story itself. However, this story is just so remarkably different than anything that anyone could even believe. I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that it's taken this turn. So within the story writing itself, my, uh, my characters, of course, are completely out of the mind of uh, me and, of course, completely unknown. They're just people that showed up mm-hmm. and, uh, and wanted to be apparently in the story. Um, and then there are so many things that happen that is that are just complete fiction that I don't worry about that aspect at all. So um, to answer your question, no, I don't feel like this is a violation of his privacy because it is so completely fictionalized. Mm-hmm. At, at the same time, um, it certainly will lend maybe a greater depth to the story, to like the, the background information that may not even end up in words in the story, but the fact that you are dealing with it. Now, this is the second time you're having to deal with, you know, this particular instance. Um, it I think it makes a story more real when we can draw on something in our life that has has a connection or it is similar to the experience, even though we're not it, it's not like as if we're saying, OK, now in this particular you know chapter, I'm going to do word for word what happened, you know, in real life. But uh, but I think at the same time, it it makes it more real because you're not making up all of it. Um, some of it, you, you you know, from experience, you right. know, so right. it, it, it lends a, a certainly more reality. Has this, you know, this this business of bringing in or being inspired by real life experience is this part of, because you've written so many books, is this part of 
do you think it's part of your regular writing process where where you'll be, you know, when you look back at some of your other novels, you'll say, oh, now in retrospect, I see where this experience in my real life sort of worked its way in here. Do you see this or was this was this a different thing for you? Um, you know, interestingly, I wrote a story called um, Drowning, which was later republished as the last Maharajan. And that um, story was highly biographical in that I was fast forwarding to how my mother might die. Now, I wrote that. Gosh, when did I write that? In like 2009, 2010. And um, and she didn't die until 2016, but she wasn't showing I mean, other than the congestion and the, you know, lung issues, she wasn't showing signs of dementia or Alzheimer's at that point. So it was a, but I, but I have this loathing for cigarettes and smoking anything at all. And so, um, so I, I, a lot of that came from my rage about the tobacco industry and her specifically. So it was very biographical. Um, and my sister showed up in it, but then I skewed our personality traits. So, um, so it was very much fun. And yes, for, for, uh, for that story, it was very biographical, very much about my mom. Um, and then the, you know, Bobby Steiner, no, the all three, that was completely fictional. Um, and, uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember the books. Um, Storm Season, completely fictional. Um, uh, uh, troubled in Paradise, completely fictional. It takes place in um, uh, Ronkonkoma, New York, and um, and I've been there once, and I I thought it was a great name of a city, so I had to use it in a book, of course. Um, and then uh, you know, so most of them are very fictional. However, what is not fictional is the place. These are um, most of my books of late. Of the, I believe the last uh, five. Oh, oh, excuse me, the last four. Like Deer Effect is placed here. The setting is here on the island um, in Friday Harbor. It's called uh, uh, the series is Friday Harbor Harbor Novel Series, and so they're they're all placed there, but they're not. They're all standalone as well. The only thing that connects them is the place. Um, so, uh, I think that's really the thing that I love the most and the thing that, um, that brings me to story first is setting and place. I just love it here. And, um, and so I kind of want everybody to be able to experience it because it's amazing. It's this like a little spot of heaven on earth and, uh, not many people get to experience that. It, it definitely it sounds fascinating to you know to um, to visit. I've always wanted to go to an island. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting that you know you're talking about how um, when you were talking about the, the the smoking and that for that one book, and and I was thinking back to you know I write a lot of short stories and um, I 
you long before my parents died, my mother died in 2005 and, and my father in 2015, but long before they died, long before my mother even got ill, I, I think one of the biggest fears, one of the things I dreaded most was that, I mean, you know, at some point your parents are going to die, you know, and I, and I was very close to them. And, you know, I, I, I would think sometimes, how am I going to deal with it? And I would find that I would write stories about death and loss and, you know, from, from multiple angles. Okay. Mm -hmm. Either somebody was glad that somebody died or somebody lost a child or whatever. And, and for me, I think it was my way of, I don't want to say practicing because that's the wrong word, but it was my way of, of exploring the grief that I knew I was going to feel. Only I'd let my characters do it to try to prepare myself, you know, which, which makes no sense at all because you can't prepare yourself for something that you dread, but you know, it, it was just really interesting. And then after my mother died, it was several years before I was actually able to write about it. Yeah. Because then I couldn't go there. You know what I mean? Because now it, it was a real thing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just odd the way, the way things work for us. Um, are there challenges that, that you encounter when you're writing about, when you're writing your novel about books that, um, deal with topics that you're experiencing in real life? Are there problems? Could you repeat that question? I'm sorry. Sure, sure. I, I think the screen froze for a second too. Are, are there challenges, like for instance, when you were when, when you're either working on the book you're working on now, or you know the, the the previous book, because that is about loss and grief. Um, do you have? Are there any challenges that that you face as a writer when you're trying to write about something that is? Also, something that's going on in your real life. Um, you know, because I write fiction, I find that the issues that are occurring in my life that are challenges or problems currently happening in my life um, that aren't resolved yet, let's put it that way, um, really add to the story itself. Um, because like you said, we're trying to work through an issue, and this is our subconscious, of course. Um, I'm a big fan of subconscious um, information coming out on the page. Um, but we're trying to work through a problem, and in doing so, we're exploring other avenues of how the problem could uh, could happen, how how it could unfold. And so... You know, and, and I think that if we think about it, any of the problems, like, for instance, when your mom passed away, I'm sure you didn't know exactly how it was going to happen or where or what you were going to do or what really you were going to experience. But as we work through several different scenarios and we ultimately land on one to tell a story, but we are going through all of these cautionary Tales within our own psyche, um, 
I think it helps us better understand what we're going to go through in, when it actually happens, the process itself. But also, you know, it it just keeps unfolding. We don't know how it's going to happen. So therefore, well, it could happen in, in a form of A or it could happen in a form of B. And we could just click through each of these scenarios, which really, when you think about it as a writer, is a different story entirely. And it could be a whole different set of individuals and characters within that story. So, no, when I'm going through a challenging time like I am right now um, and things are not resolved, I find it, one, the best therapy anybody could ever pay for, <laughs> and two, just a way to explore it so that I'm not gobsmacked when it happens, you know, when the, when the final days come and all of that, which are, um, it's a heartbreaking, you know, thing to think about but um but we have to be adults you know and we have to move forward and we have to do everything that we're expected of you know especially when we're a caregiver so um so no I don't find them it challenging as a writer I do find it challenging as a human being um the writing is just my way of dealing with a problem I guess Okay. And, and just to follow up, um, where you said you find it challenging as a human being, um, what, what are some of, of the things that you do to maybe, I don't want to say recover, to maybe create, um, uh, a, a little pocket of safety for yourself when it, when your real life becomes too much, and, you know, even though the writing itself provides you with an escape, at the same time, you're writing about something that in one way or another is happening in real life. Are, are there, are there times where you've, you've just had to stop, just walk away because it, because it's, it's too much to be writing about what you're also going through in real life? Yes. Uh, to, to say it um, plainly, yes, I have had to walk away. Um, but what I do, and and again, I have a lot of opportunity to walk away because I not only write for a living, I also have his store that he um, built and uh, created here on the island. So we have a retail store, a grocery outlet, and um, so I'm you know, management overall, um, and I have two managers, but there's still things that have to be done, you know, with a retail business that you um, would be surprised <laughs> if I went into all the detail <laughs> about that. But I also have a 3,000 square foot home, and I have five acres of land, and I have animals and everything. So I have a lot of opportunities to walk away, and for good reason. But, um but I um, also, when I find myself just so uh, remarkably stressed out, and it happens on occasion, it doesn't happen as much anymore. Um, it did with my mom, but um, but my husband isn't so sick. He's not sick. He's just, you know, going through this uh, brain disease. But um, I am a big advocate of prayer, and I pray all day long. So, you know, when I'm not actually writing a story, I'm either, you know, thinking about God and Jesus 
and the Holy Spirit, or I am actually involved in praying. So um, a lot of praying, which, um, boy, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we need that sense of being of having something to hold on to because we can't just rely on ourselves. Like, you know, that that goes without saying we need something, a lifeline, whatever form it takes, whether it's prayer, whether it's meditation, whatever it's it's knowing that there is something. I, you know, I'm curious, you, you ran through all the things that you're responsible for outside of your writing. So what is your writing schedule then with so many things that you have to ta- uh, take care of? Right. And I forgot to mention that I'm in, in an MFA class, an MFA program of creative writing. So my schedule is this on um, I read for the program on the weekend and, of course, throughout the week. But, you know, I, I jam it in really uh, Friday evening, Saturday, Sunday. And then I work on my um, my uh, school uh, assignments on Monday and Tuesday. And then right now I'm editing a book that my agent wants. So I'm working on the edits for that. But then I've got another story that I'm writing. So on, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I really uh, slate those days as my um, active writing days to stories that I've created that I'm editing, either editing or, or writing new. But um, but I do have to, you know, and I before before school, I had Monday through Sunday. You know, I didn't have to to rely on, you know, breaking out the the days of the week to get any writing done or any editing done. So so I've had to do that, which was very strange at first. But I figured it out in the first term of the first semester. I'm in the second semester now. So it's a nice uh, regular flow. Um, And of course, we had a spring or a a Christmas break that was about four weeks long. So it was wonderful. I could really uh, edit and do some new writing in that time. But um, but this semester we have no break. Um, I'll have a break between uh, spring and summer. And I'm sure I can, you know, shove in a little bit more writing there, new writing and whatnot. But um, I'm. I will be graduating either the end of summer or the uh, fall, the following fall, so 2021. So I'm very excited about the fact that I'll be graduating. Um, And then my time is free again. I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm going to be like, what? I I have so much time on my hands. I'll probably just end up cleaning toilets or something, you know. I've got to clean another toilet. We have enough. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm, I'm absolutely in awe that you can handle so many things and, and still meet your deadlines. I well, mean, I, that- make it, I make it a, a priority. It's my, the one thing that I want to do most in the world. You know, it's the thing that uh, just gives me such joy to um, write stories. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. the best living ever. And, um, and so it's the most important thing for me to, as far as work goes, um, for me to do. And so, of course, I'm going to make time for it because I love it so much. Well, that's that's wonderful. You yeah, know, that's I, I mean, when when it is something important to us, it's it's 
wonderful to be able to pursue it to whatever extent we can. And when we're not able to, for whatever reason, that's a horrible feeling. You know, yeah. there, there have been times in my life where, you know, I, I'm, I'm a copywriter by trade. So, you know, this is how I earn my living. But, you know, when I let too long go without working on either a novel that I'm working on or another short story, you know, things just don't seem to be right then, you know, um, it, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, there's the practical priorities of earning a living and then there's the psychological priorities, which yeah. is the fiction. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, the book that you're, you're working on now, um, the, the one that you won't give me the title for yet. Um, but when do you uh, when are you looking to have that one released? Well, I don't know. I don't know. But my um, my agent is in contact with um, a, a publisher who told me that he wanted my next book. So I don't know, though, because, you know, they have to look at it and see if they even like it really at all. And so um, if they like it, then I'll have some sort of of idea, uh, maybe within the next two years. I, I honestly don't know. But what is happening is, um, uh, the Wild Rose Press just picked up, actually, I think I'm breaking this news on your show. Um, mm. the Wild Rose Press, and this is kind of interesting news if you're a writer and you're thinking about, well, I've got these older books that, you know, are kind of languishing my back titles or, you know, and, uh, I had Bobby's Diner. The, the series is Bobby's Diner, Hotter Than Helen, and Sacrifice at Sea. There's a, it's a three book series, and the Wild Rose Press. I thought, mm, I wonder if they'd want to do a reprint. I don't know, and they did. And so we've just gotten through the final edit, and it is now to um, you know in the in the uh, I guess conveyor line toward publishing. So it's being, you know, the the cover art is being done right now. Um, so that will be out. I think they wanted to get it out, if I'm not mistaken, in June um, this year. So mm-hmm. that'll be wonderful to see that story come at, be, you know, resurrected again because it, uh, people loved that story. I mean, I sold that story like crazy. And uh, and so it was it, it was. But of course, with everything, as you move away from a story, um they, they, you know, the uh, the sales of the new books come out and kind of replace old books, and so it's just like you know, it's pushing the back titles to non-existence almost. But um, so I'm very excited about that because it's a good little story and it's an um, emotional little tale, totally fiction. It takes place in in Arizona where I used to live. I used to live in Phoenix, um, but it's in this town called Sunnydale, which is a fictionalized town. And it's um, it's kind of the uh, my fictionalized version of Wikiup, Arizona, which is a f- funky little like <laughs> corridor uh, town. And it is it really even a town. It's just got a like a gas station and a restaurant and then you boom, you're through it. You know, um, it's like a stop on the way to something else. And so mm-hmm. uh, that's where this character has ended up and the story takes place and there's a place called Bobby's Diner. So, and the name Bobby's Diner was taken after my husband. His name is Bob. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a special little story. Well, that's so exciting. I will have to watch for that. So it'll be fun. 
Yeah, that's that's terrific. It's it's always nice to to bring things back out and you know capture a whole new audience who may not have read it when it was out the first time. So right, right. Yeah, that's terrific. Well, this has really been so enjoyable. I, I appreciate you giving me some time from what is obviously an incredibly busy schedule. And oh um, no, it's my pleasure. This, this was, yeah, this, this was great. And, and I think it, it provides a lot of, a lot of the things you said, I think will be helpful to people who are either writing a memoir or writing fiction that has some elements of something that they have gone through in their own life. I think it will give them some, you know, some ideas in, in terms of, of how to do it. Um, how to handle it and and um you know just just the whole idea of of being aware of the intersection you know like the podcast is about the intersection of life and art and that's really that's really what so much of our writing is even if when we're doing it we're not aware of it but um it does become that so Thank you so much. I appreciate you being on the show, and I, I wish you the best of luck with your projects. And um, if I ever make it out your way, I'd, I'd love to stop on the island and see what it's like. Oh, wouldn't that be something? It would be great to meet you, and thank you so much for um, giving me the opportunity to talk about my work and my life and everything. Um, it's been great, and the questions have been incredible, so thank you very much. My pleasure entirely. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, I think you have 